Hey, y'all. Welcome back to Third Shift Thoughts with Joe Fizz. I'm so sorry that it's been another minute since we put out a podcast. Um, there's been a lot going on in my personal life, a lot of moving changes again um, with everything coming in the fall. So uh, also I've been um, writing more of the Gristholm book, which should be coming out eventually. Um, kind of debating about whether or not to do like a self-publish or to try and have somebody fight for my right to uh, get something on the New York Times bestselling list. So we will see how it goes. But I hope everyone's doing okay uh, wherever they're at. And I also hope that things are calming down a little bit in your lives. I know that's a rough time right now for a lot of people. So please be kind to yourself. Be kind to your friends, enemies, neighbors, people who you wouldn't be kind to usually. Um, please practice kindness. I know it's that seems really blankety um, and not direct in any way, but kindness is important right now. And being a good human is too. So please do that. Please uh, advocate for things that are important in this world. And once again, be a kind human because the world deserves that right now. And also you. Hang around. You're opinions are valid and your feelings matter. So hang in there. Um, see, and here's the problem with this episode today. It was because I didn't think I was going to do the simulation theory, but I want to because it's a really cool concept, but then there's also so much going on in the realm of conspiracy theory and this, that, and the other that I almost don't want to touch on it, but I think it's just really cool to do. But that's going to be the second half of this episode because the first half of this episode is going to be one of my favorite things, Doctor Who. And I know a lot of people are going to go, oh, God, Doctor Who. But Doctor Who is so much fun. It's exciting. It's different. The new Doctor, Jodie Whittaker, number 13, is fantastic. And there are no spoilers for what I'm going to talk about today. So with Doctor Who, there are a couple things you need to know. The first is, is that with the Doctor, the Doctor is a two-hearted, like two hearts, has two beating, pumping hearts. Alien being from the planet called Gallifrey has this device called a TARDIS, which means time and relative dimension in space. It can travel anywhere in space and time. What makes the show uh, so enticing is that it's been on for over 50 years. In addition to that, each character that comes in to stay with a doctor, it's typically called a companion. And there are different companions and different uh, historical figures that the Doctor will meet, and there's a lot of evolving stories and story arcs for each. There have been, I think it's 12 people to play the Doctor, if I count them right. 11, 12, 13. No, I guess there were 13. Um, and so there's 13 incarnations of the Doctor, and what I mean by incarnation is, is that when the doctor gets close to dying, the doctor can regenerate into a completely new person. So therefore the show keeps going. And, uh, there's a difference in, uh, the different ages. So like, for example, if you look at the bronze age of comics or the golden age of comics or however, um, there was old doctor who called old who, and then there's new who. Um, which starts with the ninth doctor and goes to present with new who, um, there was a, the eighth doctor had like a movie and does a bunch of audio dramas. And that's kind of about it. Um, Paul McGann, 
uh, did have a brief episode or just had a brief thing in the uh, 50th anniversary 50th anniversary special but we're really hoping that um, for the 65th anniversary um, that Paul McGann will have some kind of larger role at least it's my hope because Paul McGann's not bad he's just a little unique Um, each incarnation of the doctor has their own spin and has a really great insight into who they are. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy is seeing the new incarnation and the new showrunner who the showrunner basically tells the overall arc of the story. Think of them as like the main author for like a comic book series. Um, I know I've been referring to a lot to comic books today, but that's kind of what it is in essence. And they specifically run the main story arc. So what monster is it that's behind all the weird things going on in the universe? What is this thing that is coming for the doctor? What could it be? And it makes a really good time. Uh, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> the TARDIS is a uh, police phone box. It's blue. Uh, like in London, when you see those red phone boxes, yeah, the doctor's is a blue police box, but it's a lot of fun. It's a good show. Um, no spoiler. I personally think if you really want to get into Doctor Who, you should start with any of the new Who. So you can start with 11, 12, 10, 9, 13. 13 is the 13th Doctor's adventures are a little more political than some of the other ones, but I think they're a good change. And also Jodie Whittaker being the 13th incarnation is the first female to play the Doctor. And there's some other like meta stuff that happens with I think it's the fifth or sixth doctor but more about that when you watch the show um I personally really love the two newest seasons 11 and 12 um I think that Chris Chibnall who took over from Stephen Moffat as the main showrunner is doing a really good job they're tying in um some of the older who prospects that may not have been really touched on and the adventures are a lot of fun So if you want to, go check out the newest bit of Doctor Who. It's so much fun. And you really don't need all that much lore to get into it. You can always read about it on the internet later. Um, Other Doctors that I'd recommend, if you have um, a smart TV and have access to Pluto, um, you can try watching some of the old Who for free. Um, Personally, I think my favorites, um, 12... Uh, Peter Capaldi is my favorite incarnation just because he's so cool. Um, I would go 12, 13, and 10 are my close seconds. Um, The 11th Doctor is also great. The 9th Doctor is great. And then from Classic Who, um, I really love the 3rd Doctor. I don't know. Like Everybody hypes up Tom Baker, um, which is the 4th Doctor and was the longest-running incarnation on the show. Ran for several years. Almost 10, I think. And it was pretty impressive. But I really love the third Doctor, John Pertwee. He's just so weird. And he also does a lot of kung fu moves that are terrible. So if you like a little bit of kung fu and are able to catch it on Pluto TV, which is free, by the way, with certain smart TVs, watch it. It's so funny. And he flips people. And that incarnation of the doctor is trapped on earth. So if you're not really into the sci-fi aspect, but still want to check out the show, hop in. But I got to warn you with the old new, old 
Who episodes, they are in serials. So what the BBC would do is they would release a four-part story to keep viewers enticed, and that's what they did. So be careful where you jump in, and they have usually a little recap before each episode starts. Usually run about 30 minutes to an hour, depending on which doctor and which serial you're in. With New Who, they run about 45 minutes, and it's a great time. So go check out Doctor Who. Come in with an open mind as much as you can. Um, If you have HBO Max or if you want to go to your local library and check out a DVD specifically, the series that I, I would recommend personally, I would try and jump into... The third series, which stars David Tennant as the 10th incarnation of the Doctor, and there's an episode called Blink. It, now, while it doesn't have much of the Doctor, this is also one of the most sci-fi-y episodes. Eleven, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, is also pretty accessible. He's, in his own way, a interesting incarnation because he's the young guy who acts really, really old. An old soul, if you will. Um, so check out some of Matt Smith's episodes. Vincent and the Doctor is featuring more of the Doctor and has a little bit of that Stephen Moffat writing style. If you're into the really sci-fi ones, I would check out just really any other random one. Um, usually the ones with the Cybermen are really good. Uh, the Cybermen are basically um, human; they're emotionless. Uh, robotic creatures that have humans inside of them um, that strip them of their humanity and it's very interesting to see how they play out Um, any place you can jump in with the fourth doctor is typically pretty good or you can just start from series nine with or technically it's series one with uh, Christopher Eccleston for new who and just hop in there it's a good time and it's very accessible kid-friendly, and stuff like that. So go check out Doctor Who. It's a fantastic time, and I, I just love it so much. And with that, I think we're done with the first part of this episode. So we're going to cut into the music interlude, and we will catch you in a little bit. <laughs>
And we're back. So the next thing we're thinking about talking about is the simulation theory. Now, a lot of you are going to be going, okay, <laughs> the simulation theory, what's that? Basically, what the simulation theory is, is that you yourself are part of this big simulation, a bunch of zeros and ones and other things inside of basically a gigantic computer. And that's all it is. Reality is just a computer program. It's really fascinating to think about something like that. Um, but then you have to ask yourself the question, who runs the th simulation theory? Some popular movies that are based on this are The Matrix um, and various others. <laughs> I uh, <laughs> Oh, and Inception. That was the other one I was thinking of. Inception is kind of that way too. So when we're thinking about this theory and this concept, um, there are certain things in life that make you... Make some people, I should say, think that we are part of a simulation. Um, some people have like these different awakenings or things will come out of the blue that um, some people see as signs. Some people who believe in this theory are really just think that's a part of the game. Not really the game, but the, the program where things will happen out of the blue. But then the question is, who's controlling it? Who's controlling the simulation theory? And it's really fascinating because um, there's just this other, you know, some people see it as God. Uh, other people see it as, you know, the creator of the program. And we're all part of it. Now, of course, this is a theory. This isn't <laughs> something that's real as far as we know. Um, so when we think about this concept, we are um, basically, quote unquote, asleep. And when we wake up is when we realize this to be true. And therefore we have this quote unquote awakening. And the problem with this though, is that it kind of distracts us from the life, you know, the humanity of it all. Um, it makes us into a program. And um, so it kind of narrows the scope of things. If you think about it, um, instead of being this, you know, endless stream of possibilities that we have as humanity, we are just reduced to a bunch of ones and zeros and that's really rough. So at the end of the day, um, people who think that this is real are typically lost in their own minds, trying to break this code, this program, if you will. Um, and it can consume them. So it's something to think about. I think it could be, well, if we're delving into the realm of possibilities, you know, if it was true, I feel like somebody would have broken it by now. Like, I feel like, you know, somebody would have been like, hey, this is real. Or there would have been some evidence for it. You know what I mean? Like, I think I believe in aliens over the concept of being in a computer program. It could be run by somebody or aliens. Um, that to which we don't know. And the other thing, too, it's basically a spiraling thinking pattern in which... Okay, so if we're part of program, um, what does this mean? You know, this program that we're a part of, um, who's controlling it? If it's some, you know, other person in the true world, then, you know, who could it be? Who is this person? Um, where are they from? Is it an alien? Is it a human? We're part of this microverse that's inside of a computer with a bunch of ones and zeros. 
what is the meaning of it all? These are the things that when you think about in the rabbit hole or the spiraling thinking pattern, you start to think about. I personally think that it isn't true. And like I said, I would believe aliens more of it more. Um, You know, as we delve into the concept of conspiracy, we often think about, you know, stuff such as chemtrails and things of this nature. And people will start to give some pretty interesting ideas. Um, Personally, I don't believe in that. I just think it's fascinating to entertain the thought of if we were a program and we were, um, and then comes in the question, you know, cause I know a lot of religions talk about, um, predestination and free will. Are we part of some pre, if is our predestination basically just an added one or zero into the, in the simu- simulation theory it's plausible, you know, it's, if this is, if we entertain this to be true, this is plausible. The fact that you're single or married, your job, your status, think of it like a video game. Think of it like you're creating a character in the video game Skyrim, Fallout 4, the Fallout series, I should say, your own uh, World of Warcraft, stuff like that. You're creating your character. What if there are a bunch of people in pods that, you know, could be you? You know, you, if you're like me, your earliest memory is when you're like three. My earliest memory was three and I scraped my knee at my cousin's house and my aunt had to patch up my knee. And also I received a school bus as a gift. I remember that too uh, from a birthday party, but I was, I think it was like three or four, but I remember, I have a memory from when I was four, but I don't know if I was two or three when I remember, but in any event, you're entertaining this concept and this thought that reality is what it is, is not what it is. What if you're locked in some pod somewhere (laughs) and you're not who you think you are? Maybe you were identified as a female and you're like, screw it. I'm going to hop into the simulation pods and I'm going to be, you know, somebody else. I'm going to be a man. Who knows? Maybe I could be a female and in a pod somewhere in the multiverse that I don't even know. Or this also could kind of hop into what one of our earlier topics was with doppelgangers. Maybe the reason why there are doppelgangers in the world is because maybe somebody messed up the program. Maybe they wanted to test out a different mod that they received as like a package deal and they're trying out, you know, a slight variation of yourself. Like when you're taking one of those, uh, what are you which 90s character are you quizzes or 90s band? And they decided, you know what? I'm going to try picking different options. And you see your other creative uh, item out into the world. And maybe that's where doppelgangers come from. Maybe the reason why we are seeing things out of the corners of our eyes when we're trying to sleep and all those weird squiggly lines and stuff like that with your eyes, like if you're focusing too long or whatever, is an altered version of reality. Maybe we're all just standing up in these pods and when we pass on in in this life, we wake up in one of those pods and we're back to living day-to-day life as somebody completely different, like a Nirvana-esque culture shock. It's out there, I know, but it's a theory that people have. I don't know. I don't know which I would prefer. I personally think that where I'm at right now is really good. Even in these current times, 
and I feel, I know it's a privilege to say that. Um, but I feel like, would it mean anything if it was part of a simulation? I don't know. I personally think that it, I think that it doesn't change the significance of what things are, because if it does, it kind of hinders the meaning of it all. Like you yourself are nothing more than a program. But, you know, <laughs> I've surrounded myself with people who say, like, your feelings matter. Feelings are just, again, code. Like in Doctor Who with the Cybermen, you just reduce human emotion to code. Binary code that is existing somewhere else into this universe. And I don't like that. Even though pain sucks, even though pain and humanity is dreadful at times, I would refer to the alternative. Think about that. If you yourself were reduced to nothing but binary code, just keystrokes in some CPU somewhere else into this grand scheming universe that is a plaything for <laughs> whoever it is, it kind of hurts to think about. But a lot of people think that this is true. Maybe not a lot of people, but there are some people who entertain the idea. Again, movies such as The Matrix, Inception, there was a book, I think it was in the Pendragon series that I read, was kind of pertaining to a similar thing. But you get the idea. Um, Kingdom Keepers was another book that kind of touched on it a little bit. Even the band Muse has an album called The Simulation Theory, which talks about this a little bit too. But most importantly, if this was real, don't let it change how you live. Don't let it change your humanity. Don't let it change the things that matter in this world. Because at the end of the day, yes, being a human is difficult. Yes, there are things that happen that we can't exactly say for sure what's right and what's wrong. But that's the complexity and the cool thing about being a human is even in our failures, we try. And there's also evil and blah, blah, blah. But the antithesis of evil is good and we can be good and you're, you're not defined by your mistakes you're defined by your actions and some people are defined by their mistakes you know because they're evil but the point being is is that at the end of the day humanity is flawed it does make mistakes and while most of them are innocent mistakes or bad lack of judgment we are truly capable of doing great things and that's why humanity itself is so important that's also a key message in doctor who if you watched it um but we i feel like even if i was part of a computer program that's not going to change how i live day to day i'm going to be kind to people i'm going to spread kindness and joy even if it means making myself look like an idiot at times i'm going to do it just to see that smile on the face. And for those who um, are feeling really alone right now, don't go into this rabbit hole of thinking that you're just a program because you do matter. Your feelings are valid and they matter. It matters. That's what this whole podcast is about is yes, it's me thinking randomly when I'm at work. Um, I'm not recording this at work. I think these thoughts at work and then I bring them to this podcast. So don't mistake that idea. 
but think about this, this thought process, this theory. It's not going to define who we are. And even if we were just part of some program, I'd say we're a pretty damn good program. I'd say that we're pretty great. Mostly because we have the ability to do good things and to be kind to each other and to, I don't know, explore, discover new things. Like whenever you enter into a new town in a video game or meet somebody new in an interaction, spread that kindness, spread joy, and most importantly, spread humanity and take care of each other because it's really important right now from the varying things that are going on in the world and just from the general lack of unity as a human race. Just be there for each other. Be kind. Think big thoughts. Love deep and be kind. Again, the whole point of this podcast and also to provide a bit of human sanity in the midst of everything going on, but, and also my pet project, and for me to test out random guitar effects because I'm like kind of a musician. I say kind of because I don't feel like I am at days, but it's whatever. I'm not going to sit here and be egotistical. The point is just care for yourself, <laughs> care for the program, um, run that antivirus by practicing good um, well-being and just be kind. I've said that like three times now. So it might be important. But anyway, to cut back into the simulation theory, <laughs> uh, who knows if it's true? You know, maybe we won't know until all things come to pass. And that's okay. But for now, we're just going to leave it as a theory. And I'll try to post some uh, more reading on it in the comments if you want to do so. Recently, um, for my self-care, um, I picked up a Nintendo Switch, which was both good and bad. I'll give some reviews on it in the next episode because I think it'd be a good thing to talk about, especially since I know it's a hot commodity right now and people are really hyping up Animal Crossing. And also, I've also been reading a lot more. I'm really getting into Dr. Sleep by Stephen King. Um, also, my uh, significant other and I watched The Outsider and it was really good. Um, that's a Stephen King adaptation, but um, Dr. Sleep is really good. Um, it picks up a couple years into the future. I wouldn't say a couple. It's more like 10, 20 years in the future where The Shining left off. And 30, maybe 20, 30. Um, it's basically the kid from The Shining when he's older. And the things that happen um, with The Shining ability specifically. If you um, want to, as this episode closes, please like, share, and um, disseminate this podcast to the people around you, um, friends, enemies, neighbors, whatever you can do. Um, please share this podcast because it's while it's my hobby, it's I think it's a lot of fun. It's about random topics, and I'll get into some other stuff later. But um, that being said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for even providing a listen to this podcast. When I did this, I didn't really think that people would enjoy it. Uh, again, shout out to Lori for um, recommending that I do something like this. Thank you so much for uh, listening. It means the world. So I want to give it to other people. I want it to spread and be joyful 
and to create a good space for people. So if you like it, please share it. Um, tell me if it sucks. Tell me if something that could be improved or a topic idea, something like that. Um, I'm going to try and start up the Fizz Nation Twitter page. So then that way, everything that I do as Joe Fizz is there, along with Gristholm, Gristholm Origins, talking about the book, um, all that. So I will post a Twitter handle as soon as I create it. In addition to that, um, at the end, at the end of this, please think big thoughts, love deep and be kind. These big thoughts that we think about, take them and just talk to people in the midst of the pandemic. And you may not be able to go outside as much as you used to call somebody up, share this podcast, talk to them, see what they got going on and be human and present with them. And with that, I think I'm going to sign off for today. See you on the flip side and take care of each other.